Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Olivia Perez. I am a journalist, entrepreneur, and host of Friend of a Friend, a show where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring conversations about building something from the ground up. Happy Monday. To start the show, I want to talk about a new series I launched on my Instagram last week for all of my podcast listeners to better take part in the incredible things that we're learning from our guests in each episode. It's called The Friendly Files, and it's a weekly series where I'm going to share my favorite moment, piece of advice, or takeaway from this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Each week, I'll pose a question based on our theme, and you can tell us your answer in the comment section. So whether you're coming by to just learn something new or share your own experience, I am so excited for The Friendly Files to be this like awesome exchange of ideas aimed to inspire you, make you think a little bit deeper, and keep us close. I posted the first one last Thursday with a theme from our episode with the Aces, and some of the answers totally blew my mind. I was so inspired. So if you are in need of some work inspiration for the week, head over to my Instagram, at Liv Perez. Thank you so much to all of you who participated, and I'm super excited to see you all again this Thursday. As always, if you love what you're hearing, please go leave us a review on the Apple Podcast page. I recently got some like really nice ones from listeners in the UK. So shout out to all my listeners across the pond. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. I'm so excited to welcome the extremely talented and amazing Kristen Milioti to the show. I've been such a fan of her for years. I'm an OG Once fan for all my Broadway listeners and have loved watching her take on the entertainment world with roles in How I Met Your Mother, Black Mirror's USS Callister, and The Wolf of Wall Street, and most recently in Hulu's summer hit movie, Palm Springs, alongside Andy Samberg. Kristen and Andy have so much chemistry. They are so great together. They play two totally disaffected characters named Sarah and Niles, who meet at a wedding and later get stuck in an infinite time loop and are forced to relive the same day over and over and over again, which I'm sure is striking a chord for many of us right now because that seems pretty familiar to what we're in right now. It's truly a special movie though. Kristen dubbed it an existential comedy, which I thought was spot on because it really makes you think what you would do if you were stuck in an infinite time loop. Kristen has seen it all in Hollywood. She's a multi-hyphenate musician, singer-songwriter, and actress who's been working for over a decade. And it was so wonderful to hear her perspective and point of view on everything from facing rejection to how she prepares to embody some of her characters. Here's my friend, Kristen Milioti. Hi, Kristen. How are you? 
I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Where are you right now? I am at a friend's house in Los Feliz. I got stuck out here. I was shooting a TV show when the shutdown happened. And, you know, at the beginning of everything, everyone was saying like, oh, we're going to be back in a month. Oh, we're going to be back in two months. Oh, we're going to be back in three months. And so I've just been out here waiting to hear. And um, I'm renting this beautiful home for my friends who are being very, very generous and wonderful and allowing me to live here. Not a bad place to be during quarantine. It really has been such an enormous blessing. I mean, I, I'm like a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker, and I miss my city so much right now, and I miss my apartment, like my home so much. Okay. I'm just out here with a suitcase and my dog right over there. Oh, my God, um, cute. Can you see him? I see him. Like I think he's like right behind your shoulder. Oh, my God. What kind of a dog is that? He's just like a shelter dog. He's like a little terrier, like trash can dog. Oh my God. Oh my God. A trash can dog. He's so cute. Oh, he's the best. So cute. But uh, yeah, but I miss New York a lot. Yeah. I mean, so much of my morning routine of like getting the coffee shop, the coffee from the coffee shop. Yeah, of right? course. You know, the neighborhood I lived in Brooklyn is very like neighborhoody. And so I like know everyone at the coffee shop and at the grocery store. And like, it's. There's none of that in LA. doesn't exist. No, I know it doesn't exist here. It's very yeah. weird. It's very weird. I'm like, how do people make friends? I don't know. It's very odd out here, that element. But um, it's been so nice to be able to like go for long walks and you don't really see yeah. many people. I know it's funny because like we kind of want that when we're in New York and now I'm here and I'm like, I kind of missed running into 10,000 people on the street. Oh, that's one of my, it's one of my favorite things. Although weirdly, I, I run into a lot of people out here too, obviously not during this period of time, but like, right. I feel like I see the same people, I guess, because I go to like the same 10 restaurants. Right, right. That everyone else goes to end up seeing the same. It's, but it's great. Yeah. Anyways, when did you start acting? Like professionally or like in life? I think in life. Like when was like that moment when we were a kid where you were like, oh, I really like this. And like, I could totally do this for the rest of my life. For me, there was never like a, like a big moment of, of realizing that like, oh, I, this is exactly what I want to do. But there were many moments of like being drawn to it of being either if it was like something I was watching or like with music, listening to whether it was like a movie or a play or a TV show or an album, like I was just drawn to these things. And I don't know if even at the time I would have been able to express that it was me wanting to do that. I mean, I've always loved performing, performed my, you know, I was in a bunch of bands in high school and I did theater in high school and theater in middle school too. That's kind of like where I started to, to act, I guess, like on stage I've always loved performing, but I don't know if I totally knew that I wanted to do it professionally in a real big way. There was never like one event, but I did know in high school, like by the time I was in high school, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Love that. It's really rare to like wake up one day and be like, this is the thing that I want to do. Like, I think it's natural for it to be a very like slow progression of being drawn towards something. Yeah. Total fangirl moment once is like my favorite show of all time. I'm pretty sure I saw you in one of your last shows. Like it was oh, in wow. March. Like I was, I actually like looked through my email last night. I think it was like March 16th or 17th. And I know that that, like that was towards the end. Like yeah, I left it in March. Yeah. Like I had like loved the, the music of the show in high school. And like I lived in LA. So like I had never had the opportunity yeah. to see it. It was the first thing I saw like when I moved to New York. And oh like best, best musical ever. Thank you so much. I mean, that show, I mean, that show changed my life, even outside of yeah. career-wise. 
it, it, I, I, that was the most magical experience. That show holds such a deeply special place in my heart. Yeah. I don't even feel like, like musical doesn't cut it for me. I know. I always felt it was a play with music. Yes, exactly. Like it's, it was too soulful. Not to say that musicals aren't soulful, but like, yeah, it was just a little bit more like human than being part of like a sing and dance number where like, I feel like those to me are kind of out of body experiences where I'm having really like a ton of fun. Yeah. And this was just so introspective and powerful. Thank you so much. I also feel like to speak to like the brilliance of that creative team too, like that show was so good at sort of being like, you're watching people perform this music in real time. It's not like they're breaking yeah. the song. They're like writing this together or they're at a bar performing it together. And then they would like use, I mean, the music is so beautiful, but then they would use these, like the choreography by Stephen Hoggett and the way John Tiffany directed it. Like it actually would transport you to like an extremely like fantastic yes. in the way that music does when you're watching it live and you kind of can't you're speechless. They did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I loved that show. I miss it. What was it like for you transitioning out of like that Broadway world and going into more of like the Hollywood entertainment world? Cause I'm sure there's a stark difference. And I feel like, especially having lived in New York the past few years, they're very different communities. They're very different communities for sure. You know, I'd done some TV and film before the things that I, I think more people, most people associate me with, just no one had ever seen them. <laughs> like I did like a ton of indie films that I loved and that like, you know, I did one when I was 22 that like went to the Toronto Film Festival and like no one saw it. And it was like a blast. It felt like theater. It felt like it was like a group of us like making this movie in the woods of Toronto and like, like kids in a, at a playground or something like in a sandbox. So it didn't feel that different to me. I mean, on like a micro level, I do miss a live audience sometimes, but yeah. there, and to me, there's never felt, I've never felt a huge difference with like, oh my God, acting for the stage is so much different. Like it all feels the same. It's just, yeah, it feels the same, but it is obviously quite different. Yeah. I have so much admiration for your repertoire of work. I feel like you've done so many incredible projects from them, whether it's like Black Mirror, Wolf of Wall Street, How I Met Your Mother. And I think you've done a really wonderful job of like diversifying what you've done. Like, I don't feel like I can typecast you, which I think is probably an issue that like a lot of young women face today. And I wonder what went into, if there was an intent in doing that and what went into building what your career is now today. First of all, I really appreciate you saying that. That, that is something that I've tried to be really intentional with and something that I've been lucky enough to be able to be intentional about. I think as, as like a consumer of things of like film, TV, music, books, art, everything, like they really run the gamut of the spectrum of genres. Right. It feels like that was like a term too many, but I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. And sort of the most exciting thing about my job, about being an actor is that I would get to play as many different people as possible and as many different things as possible. And I have really made an effort to do that. And it is, I think, it's changing a lot, but yes, there is, there is definitely pressure. I think when you are in something and it does very well, suddenly people are like, well, you're this now, this is the thing that you do. And we're just going to do that again. Cause then that'll be like, well, that was people like that, right. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that either. If that's what you want. I think that I've always really tried to take a real like sharp left turn away from whatever the last thing I did was. And, you know, I'm also lucky enough to be in a place now where I can like say no 
you know, for a long time, it wasn't like that. But I think that that also goes into trying to sort of like uh, do as many different genres as possible. I like the sharp left turn thing. That's so interesting to me because I do feel like people are like, oh, like I know how to play that character or I've like embodied that before. Like being able to just kind of completely pivot and embody something else is a really cool mentality to have. Well, thank you. It's also a privilege to be able to do it. Right. A hundred percent. I wonder like what the line that is straddled there for people who like might not be able to be afforded those opportunities as well. I mean, yeah, there were so many things for years that I, you know, did where I was like, this is not the job I want to be doing, but I have to pay my rent. And, and even those jobs, I was so lucky to get, these were like way, way when I was like, you know, just sort of beginning to act and you, you try to make the most out of what you're given. Right. Like, you know, even if on like an episode of like a procedural, I would be like, what like weird thing can I do with this? Like I would try to really make it my own. And sometimes I succeeded and sometimes I completely should the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it's interesting as I was preparing for this, looking just like researching even Palm Springs and kind of looking into your body of work and Cami Mendez, who for our listeners who don't know, plays your sister in Palm Springs, actually just like talked about the fact that she feels that she's been typecasted because she was in a teen show for so long and just talking about like the struggles of being able to navigate a career in Hollywood. So I totally empathize with that and think it must be really challenging. Yeah. I mean, she also, I adore her. I wish we'd gotten to work together more on the movie, but she also, I mean, like River, from what I understand, Riverdale is like the first, she kind of like got, either got that job in college, maybe. I mean, it must be so wild to like, you know, right. to experience that, but she's so good. Yeah. She, I was actually astounded when I read that article. I was like, wait, what? Like I could see her in everything. I could too. I think she's so good. Yeah. And I great. loved her. She was so game and she like threw herself at everything. Something I love about what she does in Palm Springs is she's so like, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but she just like, she really throws herself into it. And she's so good at the comedy of it. Right. In like ways that are like so funny and grotesque. <laughs> and you know, like the teeth thing, like she's so funny. And then she's also able to really lean into like the tender stuff as well. And the painful st- stuff that happens to that character. It was like an interesting thing to see one on Twitter, how many people were like, I love seeing Kristen in this movie. I want to see more of her. Why haven't I seen more of her? And being like, wait, but she's like done all these other things and you know her from all these other amazing things. And seeing that conversation take place. I didn't know that conversation was happening on Twitter. That's wild. Um, Oh my God. There are so many great conversations happening on Twitter about Palm Springs that I think you should look into. They're amazing. That's a slippery slope. No, in a good way. In a great way. Someone told me that there's like a lot of discussion about June Squibb in the movie. Interesting. Yes. Nana, because there's many different theories going around on the internet that she's the future Sarah that actually she's like been stuck in the time loop, but it's me old. Whoa. Wild. I love that though. It's amazing because when you make something, like half the time you make something, I mean, I've I've been a part of a bunch of things that like, you know, we all read it. We all loved each other. The right people were involved and it just doesn't turn out well. And so when it does, that already is like such a huge thing. And then when it's like embraced by people in the way that you embraced it when you first read it, I'm very rare the thought came to my mind that I feel very lucky that that happened with Palm Springs, but I've had that happen a couple other times. Like once is a perfect example too, of like, 
feeling that was so special, but being like, well, I don't know if anyone will think that this is as special as I think it is. Right. And I felt that way about mirror too. Um, yeah. where I was like, God, this is the coolest thing I've ever read. Best episode. I, Hands I, I down. Love- also, that's another thing going around on Twitter right now is like photos of you and Michaela Cole being like these two in everything, please, for the future. Oh Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> She's extraordinary. I'm binging Insecure right now. And I'm almost, I'm about to start season four. And then once that's done, I'm going to watch I May Destroy You, which I'm so excited to watch because I think she's just It's unbelievable. I think you're going to love it. I'm very, very excited. I've been like binging a lot, obviously, during this time. <laughs> what else are we doing? <laughs> TV and movies and like, yeah. But so that's, it's like on my, I have like a list of things. The Great is on there. I keep hearing really good things about that. Oh my God. I wish that you had seen these because I know we would just go on a crazy rant about them. The Great is phenomenal. Okay, great. I'm obsessed. I, I'm, I'm obsessed with Insecure right now. Like I'm like, so good. I've watched probably six episodes a night. I, I can't stop watching it. So good. I'm so invested. Um, I watched Normal People, which like everyone was watching that, which I thought was beautiful. Very horny. Fucked me um, up for I like watched- five days. Me too. It fucked me up in a way that I was, I don't know. I finished it and I just kind of like sat there for, I think a minute, like processing it. And then I like weirdly broke down crying and I was like, this is really weird. I'm going to stop. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. That's good. I, I loved it. I thought those two actors were so extraordinary. Also, I binged. I've never seen this show. I, I think it's the, one of the best shows on television. I'm better things. Someone else told me to watch it. Is it really good? Oh my God. Okay. I watched all four seasons in, I think like two weeks. It was like at the very beginning of quarantine, like before, back when we were like bleaching our spinach containers. And I, I think that she is extraordinary. Pamela Adlon is extraordinary. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why more people aren't like talking about it. I don't know why it's, I mean, awards are so stupid, but, and I feel like this was like insecure. I mean, everyone talks about insecure, but I just was like, why aren't these everyone should be watching these. Yeah. Like every person in the world should be watching these shows. They're so good. When someone's like, I don't know what to watch right now. I'm like, I, I can't help you. I can name you a billion things. A billion things. Let's talk about Palm Springs because I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought it was, it was just, is it weird to say like, oh, it was a highlight of quarantine because I feel like we haven't had any like funny, happy moments. And it was just a joy to watch and a joy to get in bed and like watch and wake up the next morning and be like, oh my God, I watched something really happy last night <laughs> for a first time yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> How did it fall into your lap? I was called in to meet with Becky Sloverter, who is our producer on it. She's incredible. I was called in to meet with her for like a general meeting to see if I, because she was who was um, the head of Party Over Here, which is the Lonely Island production company. That's who does like Pen15 and Tim Robinson's I Think You Should Leave. Have you seen that show? They're both brilliant shows. I ha- I've seen Pen15, which is amazing. If you guys haven't wa- watched it, like definitely do. Brilliant. And so they, they were behind all this like, really cool stuff. And I've always loved the Lonely Island stuff too. I showed up for this, like, was supposed to be like a half hour meeting. And we talked for like over three hours. Andy came in maybe like a half hour into our meeting And then the three of us just sat and talked for over three hours about like every single thing under the sun. And I left there just having had like a lovely afternoon. And then they sent me the script a couple days later. 
they asked if I liked it. I said, I loved it. And then I didn't hear anything for like a really long time. And then I got a call out of the blue that they wanted me to do it. I mean, it was like, it was really like a very blissful journey. That's amazing. Oh my God. That interim time between like when they told you versus, or from that meeting to then would have driven me nuts. I mean, it did, but I also, that happens all the time. Right. You go on these meetings a lot and you go on auditions a lot if you're lucky. And people will tell you, you know, you'll get really, really close to things or, or you'll, it'll feel really good in the room. And like, or even in these meetings, people will be like, I have a script that you're going to be perfect in. And then you like end up hearing three days later that like someone has been attached to that for a year and they're about to start production. Like there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors in this industry. And so I think while I had an incredible time with them, when I didn't hear, I was like, oh, they, it's okay. They went with someone else. And also, you know, I understand how financing works. And I just assumed that they had gone with like someone who could get them a ton of money. I feel like you have such a like wealth of knowledge and experience in this industry. Like you have the most logical approach to it all. I mean, listen, it's also, it's, it's easy to describe it. It is logical and it's easy to describe in hindsight. If you knew the amount of times that I've been curled up in the fetal position on my kitchen floor crying, because I went on, because there were six rounds of callbacks for a life-changing job that then you see posters for, for a year. And you, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it can suck. Yeah. (laughs) I remember when I was, I was really like struggling to pay my rent and I was up for this huge show and it was between me and one other girl and she got it. And I saw her on posters for years. And I remember being like, I can't even, like, that was almost me. Like I almost was able to like do this and pay my rent and like maybe buy a house, like, you know, and it's, that's just part of it. It's like all of it as it is. I'm sure in, in every industry, ours seems a little more nuts in terms of like, it's literally in your face 24 seven. It's like in your face 24 seven and, and the audition process is really intense. And, you know, you're asked to basically like present how you would do something and you show you're using like your whole life experience to show it. And then they're like, no. <laughs> well, what a joy to see you on like every billboard for Palm Springs now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Of course. Everything works way it's meant to. Yeah. I agree with that. I really do. Yeah. I think there's like a master plan involved. Yeah back on that job now. And it's, it's so the job that I lost and all those years ago. And I, I, I was like, well, if I'd done that, I never would have done once. I never would have met this person. I never would have met this person who then became one of my dearest friends. I never would have gone to this thing, which like, it's all, everything is in, is in the way it's supposed to be. Yes. It definitely requires like hard work and, you know, dedication and putting your energy toward the things that you want. And it's, it's not at all like an easy path, but yeah, I do think that like in those, the the times that I've been, the times that, I mean, it sounds like, so like whatever, but the times that I've been rejected or the times that I've perceived as immense failures were just as important as the times that felt like triumphs. A hundred percent downs equally as good as the ups. Yeah. And they let, and even though they felt horrible, they led me down the paths to just even truly like outside of career stuff. Like they led me to meet people who then became some of the, the, the closest people to me, the people that are the most important in my life. I love that. What went into preparing to play Sarah? I think that was like one of the things that I really loved about her is that I, 
you know, whether or not you've experienced the same things that she's experienced, you, there's a lot of compassion there of like, we've all fucked up. She fucks right. up a lot, but I think it's so obvious that she's operating from such a place of pain and her journey is really one of, I don't want to say redemption, but of like, you know, taking responsibility. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I also felt like she was like super multi-layered and like, even then, like the movie was not what I thought. I went into it being like, oh my God, this is going to be like this, like wonderful rom-com where like they get stuck in an infinite loop and I'm going to giggle and I'm going to like feel like the lovey-doveyness, but like, it was not like rom-com doesn't justify it. I agree. And I I love that you said that. I've always considered it an existential comedy. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah, I think it's on a lot of things that aren't, I mean, of course there's like a love story there, but I think right. it, it touches bigger things as well. And it must've been really interesting for you to play somebody who was kind of having this like existential crisis within the movie. Cause I feel like, yeah. and I'll totally speak for myself here, but like if I was to play a character like that, I feel like it would bring up a lot of things in my own life that, that I would like maybe have to deal with and be like, oh my God, what am I being avoidant of? Or like, oh my God. Like, what secret am I holding from someone in my life? Like, I think I would feel all those things very deeply while also, like, embodying that person. Well, there was a lot of things with her, and, you know, our lives are very different. But, like, you know, she's experiencing such immense shame, and she hates herself. And I uh, absolutely know what that feels like. I mean, again, not to come back to this sort of umbrella term, but it is really how I feel. Like, it's so human. And certainly, like, those places aren't always, like, the most fun to traverse, but they are, I like going there. It is just, it's the human experience. And that's like the most we can shoot for to accurately portray in order to like affect people and move people. I heard that you have soundtracks for every character that you play. And I would love to hear what was on the soundtrack for this one. And what was like the big differentiator here from your other characters? Uh, yeah, I have a, a like a um, a playlist that I listen to over and over and over for each character. A, a lot of the ones on the Sarah playlist, there was a lot of Fiona Apple. Oh, that there makes was, perfect sense. Also, she's on every one of my playlists. I she I think she's just the end all be all. There's a lot of Mitski. Do you know Mitski? I don't. Oh, she's incredible. She's also one of the best live shows I've ever seen. She's incredible. Get into Mitski. Okay, well, all her albums are great, but her most recent one was sort of like what launched her and she it's she's brilliant. Mitski, um, Sharon Von Etten. Okay. Do you listen to her? A little bit. Her most, re- I had a couple of tracks of her most recent album. I think there was some Casey Musgraves on there. We're a big Casey Musgraves fan here. I think that I have played many people who were in moments of great pain in their life and their way to deal with it was through either like humor or like, you know, like I think about like the character I played in Fargo who knows she's dying and she knows that she's going to leave her six-year-old daughter behind and her husband and her father. And like that so much of her journey in that show is sort of like she like smiles through it and it's very, she's, she's very smart and she sort of is taking care of everyone else because I think in preparation because she knows she's going to go and everyone else thinks she's going to survive. And it's like just deeply devastating. And I think that like that, that for example, is like how she presents, that how she deals with that pain is that she 
it's like a real, she sort of smiles through it and takes care of everyone else. Whereas like Sarah is an immense amount of pain and sort of takes it out on everyone else. And is so, is such a raw nerve. And I, so I think, I mean, like, that's like a difference I can think of sort of right off the bat. Yeah. So it's like a little bit, I think probably a little bit edgier. For sure. That's like one way to say it. And, and just, you know, I think also just because of based on the situation that she's in where there's like not really consequences, she can kind of just go for broke with her rage and her sadness and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast that you were on a little while ago and you talked so openly about what it means to face rejection or overcome obstacles in terms of maybe not getting roles or just challenges in your career. And I'd love to ask you a little bit about that and see, especially now, I feel like in quarantine and in like the time of coronavirus, people are dealing with like so much, so many no's. And I loved hearing you be so candid and vulnerable about that. And would love to hear if you have any advice for people that might be dealing with the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I want to answer your question in two parts. Go for it. One, (laughs) like, yeah, just my own experience, like with this industry, anyone who's going to get into this industry in in particular is, um, it's, yeah, it's like rife with rejection. You're told no way more often than you're told yes. And you're told all types of things that are, that just sort of like knock the wind out of you, or at least that's how it felt about like what you can and cannot do. And yeah, you just have to keep pushing, basically. I mean, I also, it's also such a weird thing because like so much of our industry is based on hard work, but then so much of it is like the opportunities that you are given that you then can like, it's, it, a lot of it is luck that like when you are given that, that rare opportunity that you run with it and that like right. you don't question yourself and that you like give it your all and, and do it the way that with your full self. In terms of like, rejection during this current time. I mean, I don't know how entirely to answer that. I'm because I'm so overwhelmed by the state of everything right now. It's so bleak. And so it feels like we are in a very, very scary time. I, on one hand, I'm like so hopeful and galvanized by all the Black Lives Matter protests that I've been to and, and all the information that is being shared and the learning that I'm doing and that others are doing. And and the call to actions and just the mobilization, it's very galvanizing and hopeful. But then on the other hand, it feels like we are experiencing a dictatorship. Like we are experiencing, like everything that's happening in Portland right now is- Mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It's very, very terrifying. I'll speak for myself. I get fatigued so often by- I like will read all these things. I will, I will figure out like where to call, where to email. And I'll look and I'll be like, oh my God, there's so many different fucked up things. All of them require the same amount of attention and demand our attention and, and demand our action. And when you look at it, it can just, it can feel like waking up with an anvil on your chest, but, um, it's like our duty as citizens of the world. And especially as a person who is wildly privileged to keep going. Yeah. hundred percent. You, you have, have to 100%. What is helping you chill these days? What have you been up to in quarantine? I mean, I've been listening to a lot of really great music. I have been going on socially distanced walks with friends. I've been trying to be as active as I can in seeing the change that I want to see in the world and like fighting for black lives and trying to get people to vote and trying to write the very long list of wrongs as best I can or trying to assist in that fight. 
binge watching a lot of television. I've been FaceTiming with my friends in New York. I love that. What is your biggest tip for aspiring artists? And I'm going to say artists because you encompass all of the amazing things, singer-songwriter, actress, been on Broadway. So like, I would love the advice from that perspective because there's nothing I love more than a multi-hyphenate. Well, thank you. Of course. I think the biggest advice would be, it's like a, it's like a combo answer. I would say, and I need to take this advice actually. It's something that I nearly need to take. (laughs) (laughs) Self-awareness. I love it. it And then was like, got it. Like I have to remind myself every minute to not compare yourself to anyone else. Don't try to be anyone other than who you are and to listen to yourself to like really get quiet and listen to what it is you want and not what you think you should want and like in terms of acting doing what you want to do with the role and like in your interpretation and not what you think is like the right thing to do is what I would say I love that love that yeah yeah true Thank you so much for coming on. It was so lovely to meet you. I love the movie and I'm so excited to see what else you do in the future. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.